Hello and welcome. This is the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. This is Ben. I'm Craig. I'm Derek. And this is Tank. So I have a story for y'all. Do tell. Um, yeah. So we have friends who are Mormons, and I don't know if I mentioned this a while ago, but a while ago we started meeting with Mormon missionaries. This was a year ago or so. And we met with them about six months, and over that time, a couple from the Mormon church uh, came with the missionaries. And they were really cool. It was like they were our doppelgangers in some way. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like everything we liked, they liked. I was reading the Wheel of Time series, they were reading the Wheel of Time series. That's the only commonality I can remember, but there's much more, I promise. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. Oh, you don't know Wheel of Time? Oh, well. No. Um, It's fantasy. Something, yeah, something like that. It's a great book series. Took me a year to read. There's like 14 books. Oh, yeah, and each book is on average twice as long as the Harry Potter series or <laughs> a Harry Potter book. So Whoa. overall, it was four times as long as Harry Potter. But that doesn't matter, other than the fact that <laughs> the they had that in common with me. The Mormons love it. Yes, <laughs> at least this one does. Uh, that doesn't matter though. Um, so we had a lot of common, and since we've stopped meeting with the Mormon missionaries, we still would hang out with this couple. But we never quite, like, like when we were meeting with them, we were going back and forth on what their beliefs were and how they are different and stuff, but we never just flat out said, you guys are wrong, you know? Like, we don't believe this. It's We were, we were trying to ask a lot of questions and make them think. And we weren't really coming from it at an angle of, I guess, ground of equality, if that makes sense. Like we're putting ourselves below them, not putting ourselves equal to them. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted to keep the relationship as long as we could, like, and come at it as we're learning the Mormon faith, which was the main reason we were meeting was to learn what they believed and at the same time, like, question it entirely. Um but we realized that, like, okay, now we're just friends. We're not really trying to learn anymore. But we've never just flat out told them that, like, what we've we don't. Well, I mean, we often told them we don't believe it, mm-hmm. but we never just like flat out said we are completely against uh, what you believe now. So we are against we invite- you and all everything you believe for. Yes, pretty much. So we invited them over, um, and we had a great time. We cooked. We cooked food. And then we sat and chatted about Halloween and had a great time. And then we're about to play a card game. It's like, this can't go on. (laughs) And I knew if we played a card game, then we would never have any deeper conversations. So, so by the way, Michelle and I have been thinking about like the LDS church some more and they're all excited and got their hopes up. They're like, Oh yeah, we haven't talked about this in a while. I bet maybe they're wanting to learn more. And we went through their, discussion or we went through like how they get into the celestial kingdom and their beliefs and them being worthy in that stuff um and you know finally i just we said like we we know that this is how you believe you go to be with the father and receive eternal life and that when we talk about eternal life is being with jesus and with the father so really anything other than the celestial kingdom is hell mm-hmm. and um we went through our beliefs and how we're like, we, you don't preach a gospel Jesus preaches. You don't preach a gospel that Paul preaches. And Paul says, if you bring a gospel other than what I bring, then you're accursed. So I said, so because of that, we believe that you're going to hell. 
And then there was a pause. <laughs> so I don't know where to go from there. But <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> whoa! <laughs> Are they the uh, words you used? You're going to hell. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So because okay. of that, because of what you believe, and because you're cursed, we believe you're going to hell. Yeah. Wow. I think I first said like we care about you, and I know you just be, the way that you want us to go to the celestial kingdom. We want you to know the truth and to follow Jesus and live be in eternity with Him. And so, but because you don't believe correctly. We believe you're going, or you're going to hell. I don't even think we said believe. So, uh, wow. but what happened from that, and what's really cool about it, is after there was kind of a break and a pause, they said, you know, we think we like you guys even more now that you've said that. That is awesome. That's they pretty said, great. I mean, you, you've thought through it all. You didn't come at us like all angry. You, you truly believe this, and you truly believe that this is right, and therefore you had to tell us. And so we know that even though this is so hard, you care enough about us to tell us what you guys believe is the truth. And from that, we spent two hours uh, going through like Ephesians 2 <laughs> and um, brought some Ezekiel in. So we were like all over the place and like really talking about why we believed that and we're so confident in that. So it was really cool. And so, yeah, just uh, just some encouragement, I guess, that if, um, anybody's afraid of being honest with somebody. And if you're able to show them, like, I really care about you, and that's why I'm saying this, um, hopefully they'll like you even more because they'll have respect and they'll know that you respect what you believe and thought through your conclusions. So physical experience and very encouraging as far as being bold with the gospel. So. Tech Reformation, the place where Mormons go to hell. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've, in my discussions with Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, I've always said that the gospel you're presenting to people uh, is one that cannot save. I don't know if I've ever actually outright said the words, you're going to hell. Yeah, I don't know um, if I've ever told anybody that either. But I admire your courage, sir. I really do. But but I think, yeah, the the boldness is, is good, for sure. Well, one of the things that I think about on a pretty regular occasion is that Verse in, or that chapter in Ezekiel where it talks about the watchman, and he says, "If if you're a watchman and the enemy is coming and you don't ring the bell, and the enemy comes in and slaughters everybody, then the blood is on your hands." He mm-hmm. says, "But if you ring the bell and they don't flee, then their blood is on their own hands." Kind of thing. So he's basically saying. To Ezekiel, you have to go tell these people what I'm telling you, because if you don't, your disobedience lays some guilt. Obviously, everyone's guilty for their own sins and bears their own punishment. But in one sense, Ezekiel says that it's the blood is on your hands. And so if we just tell them they're not going to receive the good stuff, I don't know if that's war- ringing the warning bell, you know, mm-hmm. because oh, you really? have to say the enemy is coming, you know. I, I kind of disagree, to be honest. Only, yep. I, can I give you my reasoning? Like, the only yep, reason I say it's a gospel that cannot save rather than you're going to hell. Um, I'm, I mean, I totally believe the same as you do, that mm-hmm. if they're not believing the true gospel, then then the ultimate destination will be hell. So I, mm-hmm. it's not that I'm disagreeing with that um, truth. It's just that I think when in conversation, um, hearing myself even say you're going to hell, uh, sounds like I'm. I have the ability to judge someone's heart or whatever. 
even though my judgment may be correct based on the truth of the doctrine they're believing or the lack thereof, I still feel personally. I, I feel like the the language of, uh, by the way, you're going to hell, or at the moment you're going to hell. Um, whereas telling them they believe in something that cannot save them, I think, is still telling them that they are doing something that is not leading them to where they want to go. It's just you're doing it in different language. But like mm-hmm. I said, I think it's awesome. The level of boldness is great, and I think the fact that they respect you for having thought through it. Because a lot of Mormons that the Mormons that I've spoken to, the missionaries that I had around over a period of about six months, um, multiple occasions, didn't they respected me for my ability to be able to converse with them, but they still always wanted to go back to their testimony, um, mm. rather than actually being able to say we appreciate the fact that you, um, you know, you care about us kind of thing, which is what I kept trying to communicate to them, but they. <laughs> I guess it's maybe different for missionaries and for friends as well. It's, it's yeah. cool that these guys were just your friends and so you're able to communicate on that level. Yeah. I mean, we've gone bowling together and we've like had each other over for dinner at houses and played games and stuff. So it's it's a different relationship than just like missionaries coming over and all we do sure. is have this kind of conversation. So, what are you yeah, doing though, cool. Tank? It's like you're being a friend to sinners or something. <laughs> well, I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's good. Well done. That's fun. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. Well, I guess we should uh, talk about technology or something. That's what we're supposed to do on this thing, partially. <laughs> yeah, probably. So let's talk about some tech we should know. First off, Futurama, that TV show that I think some people like a little bit, um, yes. is coming back, but not as a TV show. It uh, it was a TV show. It got canceled. It came back as a TV show again, and now, and then it got canceled. It got canceled now it's like coming back two or three times. As a, yeah, as a TV sh- or as an iOS game, not as a TV show, as an iOS game. I am so, so excited. Uh, I'm so excited be coming about out this next year, I think. Yes, that was a great show. I'm I'm very happy it. that it's returning in some some way or another. The uh second version after the cancellation was a little bit more um polemic to me. Like do you remember the the episode they did on evolution where it was like cuz you know they're in the year oh, three, yeah. 3000 or whatever. That was hilarious. They're like we found you know these 26 <laughs> different humanoid creatures that all spawn from each other on both sides but we still haven't found the missing link between apes and humans <laughs> and you still don't believe I was just like yeah I really don't appreciate you calling me stupid Futurama sorry Well no but it went both ways did like you're talking about the one with the robots right where the robots evolved from... I don't remember that part Oh that was that maybe was a different episode but I don't know I I generally love their satire and that was one it of the, was a funny show. That was one of the best um endings to a TV show that I have ever seen. I loved the ending to that show. I liked like how they finale. came back from the cancellation. Yeah, that was good too. That was funny. <laughs> I didn't watch it that far, I don't think. I didn't see anything after the cancellation. I think it's all on Netflix now. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes it is. Also this week, WordPress has got a Mac app, and they rebuilt their WordPress.com to be open source. So what's the significance of this, do we think? Uh, I don't know. The significance of WordPress is, uh, one, 
quarter of the entire interwebs, every website you've ever been to, is built on WordPress. Well, but this is WordPress.com. Yeah, and Not most WordPress. WordPress installations are WordPress.com because it's free. Oh, because like uh, they install Jetpack and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, automatic, WordPress.com. That's the company behind it. Right. Anywho, we use WordPress here at Tech Reformation. I don't know if it has our stamp of approval, though. Eh, I bear with yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. I don't mind it. I like it. Next this week, and this just blows my mind, Apple is projected to sell more iPad Pros this quarter than every Microsoft Surface <laughs> ever. <laughs> really? That blows your mind? That's not at all yes, surprising Yes, that's to me. insane. I can't no, believe that. that's not surprising. Uh, I just, poor Microsoft. Who buys Microsoft anything these days? It really is poor Microsoft. Apple literally just copied the Surface Pro, and now everybody's <laughs> no, 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 going to buy it. No, I would not say that they copied the Surface Pro. Oh, they come on. It's no, got no, no, a no. flip cover with a keyboard and a pencil. Yeah, well, if you think about it, uh, Microsoft totally yanked the smart cover thing from Apple to make the smart keyboard. To make okay, correct. Keyboard. That's what I thought when I first saw Everyone it. Everyone borrows fair. from each other. It's kind of a thing. Actually, I I just bought a Windows laptop for church the the other week, so they're still relevant because apparently they need networking better than Macs. Get Windows <laughs> laptops, yep. And also this week, a child somewhere in the globe has discovered how to solve a Rubik's cube in under five seconds. Wow, isn't that crazy? Genius. I, uh, have, can you guys solve a Rubik's cube? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, I can too. So three of us. I've never persevered long enough to actually... I've ever, only ever looked at them for like five minutes at a time. So. Three out of four Tech Reformation hosts can solve the Rubik's Cube. What's your <laughs> fastest time, Derek? My fastest time is somewhere around 25 seconds. Oh my gosh! It was That was a lucky one. Um, I got to a point where I was reliably under 35 seconds. But I only hit 25 seconds once. What's your fastest time, Tank? One oh eight or something. Oh, it's wow. between one minute and one minute and ten seconds. Well, I'm the slowest. My fastest is around one thirty, one and a half. Minutes. Okay, I'm gonna have to try it sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah. I can still solve it too, even though I haven't solved it in like three years. Every once in a while, I'll pick it up and can I still remember how to do this? And then you throw it together. Like, yeah, I do. That's cool. <laughs> seeing, seeing as how Ben seems to like. The occasional ultimatum, maybe he could, you know, unless <laughs> unless all four hosts can do it in under two minutes, then there's only going to be three hosts from now on. So. <laughs> yeah, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. We could have that. Could be our next game. We could all solve Rubik's cubes on the show. That would be great radio. That'd be a ton. Of that would be awesome. Just lots of <laughs> clicking and <laughs> frustration noises. Be good. Next this week, JetBlue the airline company, uh, is allowing free in-flight video streaming to Amazon Prime customers. And Amazon continues their quest to make Prime seem cool to everyone in the world. <laughs> I am a Prime subscriber, uh, but I just think it's funny. They're really desperate to build in perks. Yeah, yeah. You'd think if they were desperate enough to get people on Amazon Prime that they would, on Amazon Prime streaming, that they would make an app for Apple TV or something. I yes, mean, would you would <laughs> think that, wouldn't seem you? Seem to make sense, Amazon. Yeah. Also, all their iPhone apps are really not that great. Really? I don't like the Kindle app mm. at all. Oh, I like the Kindle app, but I have Android. I don't, maybe it's better on Android. Oh, the know. Kindle app is so annoying on on iOS. Yeah, I think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use it because you know I have Kindle books, but mm-hmm. 
You can't even purchase. I mean, I'm, I get it. It has to go through the yeah. Google Google Store rather than the App Store, and they're trying to get you to use iBooks most likely. But Yeah, I think we seriously. talked about that in the Slack a few days ago or weeks ago. Weeks mm. ago, yeah. Yeah. Also this week, Apple has acquired FaceShift, which is the company that uh, does a lot of the motion capture for the Star Wars films. That's pretty cool. I'm going to read more about this after the show. I didn't actually see that one come through this week, but... Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know what they're going to do with this, though. I, I guess new iOS, well, maybe FaceTime. I don't know. What do you guys think? I have no idea. I don't know what they would use this for. I haven't I even heard this I, pop up in any of my podcasts. I, do, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not wanting to necessarily use it in Apple products so much as, you know how Steve Jobs was involved with Pixar? And it yeah. was more of like a creative um, branching out, like a creative slash business decision rather than like a let's make our phones look like um the toy story characters or something like i don't think it's necessarily has to be taken as a move for apple to try and get into the motion capture industry or to leverage no i don't think technology it might just be they're acquiring them because they're wicked at what they do and um they want to have that under their label yeah the article mentions that uh, in recent years they've acquired a couple of different european-based motion capture facial recognition virtual reality companies um Polar Rose, Mateo, PrimeSense. I think those are all helping their photos technology, build their photos yeah. technology. Oh, well, yes. That could be exactly what that is. That makes makes a lot more sense. But I don't know what they'll do with this one in particular. Yeah. And finally this week, Li-Fi is being tested for the first time ever, and it's apparently 100 times faster than Wi-Fi. So what is Li-Fi, Craig? Um, okay, so this was from an article from a website called Fosbytes.com, and basically uh, it says the technology uses visible light to transmit high-speed data. Earlier this year, LiFi was tested in the labs and achieved speeds of 224 gigabits per second. Um, now in Estonia, wow. the first time field testing, it's been reported that LiFi achieved data transmission of one gigabyte per second, which is 100 times the current average Wi-Fi speed. So apparently it's... Dates back to 2011 um, from the University of Edinburgh or Edinburgh. Um, and yeah, and so basically they were using a single LED and now they're testing it in the real world. They say that it's more secure than Wi-Fi because it can't pass through walls. It has to be line of sight. So only people in your location can access that network. Um, but yeah, a lot quicker than average Wi-Fi speed. So pretty cool, I guess, if, if that... Um, was able to become consumer technology potentially to have those kind of speeds would be pretty massive. It seems like it would have limited application, but with yeah. the line of sight thing, it seems like we're going back to infrared technology. Remember yeah, infrared technology? I definitely see what you're meaning. <laughs> um, except, except scads faster. I reckon in homes it would be, I'd, I'd get one for the house, like for my living area where I spend a lot of my time. Why wouldn't you? If it's a hundred times faster, like if it was only a little speed increase, then meh. But if it was, mm-hmm. a, if it was an affordable price, then you know, all good. Yeah. I will say that the two areas which will see the most, I think, innovation in the next few years are um, wireless speeds, so like five G type stuff with cellular carriers mm-hmm. and um, batteries, battery capacity. So look out for that. Anyway, that's all I got for tech you should know this week. you should use this week 
we are going to be talking about note flight. And has any of have any of you all heard of a note flight? I've never heard of it before. No. Great. So this one was inspired by my wife. My wife is a violinist. Um, she got a music major in college, and now she plays violin for a community orchestra. And that's not her main job, but she does it for fun. Uh, but sometimes she will offer to perform, whether for the school she works at or for our church or for any number of random occasions. And when she does, she uses note flight to write her music. So sometimes she performed, I don't know, Little Town of Bethlehem, I think, and she did a frozen medley. And so she just pulls up note flight. And what you do is it gives you a score you can set up, whether piano score or bass or treble, whatever. And then you pick the, you put the notes on the correct bar. And whenever you hit play, it'll play the music for you. So you can essentially, if you're really good at hearing music by ear, you can put the notes all on there and try and get them right and then hit play, set your tempo, all these different configurations, and go, and then you can listen to it and say, does this match the song I'm trying to write out? And if it does, you can print it off, and it lets you, if you're really into composing music, you can. it has 85 different instruments that you can all put on at one time and just hit play, and you can listen to the whole score you've written. So. This is a tech you should use for the musical talents out there, that if you've ever wanted to compose, you've ever wanted to write out your own music, and you've just done it by hand, this is free software to let you get on and write your own scores. That is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty cool deal. What is uh, yeah. what is the limit on on stuff until you start having to pay for it? Because it, it looks like they have a $0, $49, and a $69 mm-hmm. uh, per year. Uh, mm-hmm. Plans, which is really... as soon as you use anything but the same, I just go. You have to pay a thousand dollars. So yeah, Derek's right. Uh, there is a premium pay thing, and Michelle has only used it for free, and she's never had any issues with the things that she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really into composing and really wanting to do a lot, that's when you'd want to do the uh, premium. Um, and I was reading about the premium beforehand. Looks like you get some more instruments, you get some more notations. Um, I don't know what those notations are, but just the ability to put more things on the screen. Um, you can have more scores saved, which Michelle has 10 saved right now, and I don't know how close she is to the limit, but mm-hmm. I think she has plenty to go. Uh, so if, if you're going to use it as just a hobby, then free should be pretty good. If you really want to get into composing, then fifty dollars a year isn't that bad, in my opinion. So, for a two ninety for a two ninety nine in app purchase, you too can go, you know, <laughs> record above forte. Is that what it says? No, no. I'm just okay. imagining this with the with the current app economy that we have. You know, having yeah. yes. Yeah, I don't know if it has an app. She uses it just on the web. It does have, yeah, it looks like it does, does have, have iPad and iPhone apps, but it's all it's all the same, you know, uh price everywhere. Like you it'd be like any any online product, you pay for it once mm-hmm. and it works everywhere. So, yeah, very cool. So, any mu- any music lovers, check out Noteflight, and that's a wrap for Tech You Should Use.
are playing a short game this week. We haven't done a game for a while. But we're going to do something that's not a quiz. So um, hopefully that gets people excited. <laughs> because every, every other game we've done has been some kind of question and answer thing. This one's a little bit different. Have you guys? Do you guys have the TV show Family Feud in America? Yes. 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 All right. So what we're going to be doing is playing Google Feud. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. So, so this is how it's going to work. <laughs> I've seen this. We're going to have a couple of rounds each, and basically, uh, I'm going to give you. So basically, the object of the game is to figure out how um, does Google autocomplete this query. So I'm going to give you the start of a Google search term. Um, and then you're going to tell me, uh, you get three guesses for each, each round. Oh, this is great. Um, so you have to tell me what you think is the next part of the chain, whether it's a couple of words or a single word. Um, and then if you get it right, um, then you can get up to three points in that round. Um, we'll, we'll play a couple, a couple of rounds so that each person gets a, a shot to earn a few points. Does that sound all right? Do we buzz in? No, 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 no. So we'll go like Ben first. You okay. get your three guesses and then Derek and then Tank. Okay, great. All right. Cool. Hmm. So right. we'll start off with Ben. I'm, I'm going left to right in my Skype channel just for everyone who's Sounds playing good. at home. Um, so Ben, Derek, Tank is the order that we'll go in. And Ben, are you ready to kick it off? Yeah. All right. So your search query is college is dot, dot, dot. College is blank. So you need to tell me what you think is the next part of that search term that people would be searching for on the internet. Uh, hang on one second. Let me pull out my web browser. No, 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 no you can't no, do that. That's cheating. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, let's see. College is... Do... Okay, are you going to tell me if it's a word or a phrase? No, no, no. It's just I have a blank screen and I'm going to type it in and hit hit search. And if it's correct, it'll tell me it's correct. And if it's not, it'll give me a big red X. Okay. I say yeah. awesome. That's one of them. College is awesome. You think people would be searching for that phrase? College is awesome. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let me try again. College is hard. That's what I bet it will be. All right. Oh, let's give that a shot. So you said college is hard. Yes. And, oh, that is worth 5,000 points. Woo! Uh, 5,000 points. That seems like a lot. No, sorry. 10,000 searches said hard. 5,000 searches said too hard. Um, So... You were in the ballpark anyway, so we'll give you one point because I don't want to add up those kind of numbers. Uh, although if they're all round numbers, it'll be easy. But um, yeah, so 10,000 other people agreed with you that college is hard. Okay, so you get a second guess, same query. College is, what would be another thing that people would search for? Well, obviously I'm going to say too hard. No, 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 that's already, that's already up on the board. That's no, on the same. Uh, let's see, college is, and this is a search term, so I'm thinking... I don't know. They probably won't say how great college is. And then I'm also thinking about different search completions that I've tried, and they're usually horribly, they go horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, college is scary. Let's go with that. All right. That's a good option. So college is scary, and no, that is incorrect. Oh, man. Not a, not a common, not in the top 10 most common search terms. So you get one more, one more shot. Oh, I get another one. Okay. Yeah, um, you get three guesses each time. College is blank, and it's an auto-completion on Google. Uh, college is too long. Too long. How long did you guys spend in college? Four and a half years. <laughs> I never Four. went. Wow. Uh, all right, so college is too long. Incorrect. Oh, man. Is there a chance for a steal? Uh, yeah, you can, you can try a steal tank. What do you want to steal? 
Um, who have two good ones. We'll, we'll go too expensive. Oh, that's a good one. Why didn't I say that? <sighs> I was wondering when price was going to factor into this. Okay, so college is too expensive. Yes, correct. Seven thousand people search for that term. Ah oh, man. Can All I right. say my other guess just for fun? What's your other guess? Is a waste of time. Oh, a waste of time. Dang, these are so much better guesses than mine. <laughs> Correct, Tank. All right, I've, yes. I've changed how the game works. We're now going to go until we get three guesses. It, so basically, it can't change. So Tank's had his two guesses, and he got both of them right. Derek, you get two guesses on the same thing. Unless okay. unless we get another one wrong. If we get another one wrong, it'll change to a new query. So I love ahead. it when the rules change mid-game. <laughs> it makes it so easy to win. <laughs> That's because I, yeah, sorry, I thought it worked differently to how it does. Anyway, so Derek, you got two guesses. Mm, you guys took all the good ones. I'm going to go with <laughs> college is awesome. I tried that. No, no I didn't. said that. You I did, said that I and then changed my mind. College is awesome. No, that is incorrect. I'm glad okay. I changed my mind. So that takes us to the next round. Uh, we will try again. Obama is from... <laughs> Oh man! Do I get to go first? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no I think Derek. It's my gets, turn first. Derek gets a second guess. Yeah. Oh man! All right, I'm gonna go with Kenya. <laughs> what? Obama is from Kenya. This is Derek's second guess. So that is ten thousand people searched that. There you go. So that's good. You got a point for that, Derek. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, it's your turn again. Obama is from where? Do I get one guess or two? Uh, you get two guesses each time. Okay, great. I'm going to say the Middle East. Okay, the Middle East. <laughs> I don't Did think guys... this. I just think this is what people will search, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just as a disclaimer there. That's Well, that it's, an, it's an incorrect guess, oh, so man. you better use your second oh. guess. All right, uh, Iraq. Okay. <laughs> or Iraq, if you Iraq. Iraq. Yeah, that's right. No, that is also incorrect. Really? Tank, it's your turn. Well done. <laughs> Uh, Hawaii. Yeah, that Hawaii. was where he was actually from, I think. <laughs> okay, that is incorrect as well. Wow. Really? Right. Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's the Should've right answer, gone. obviously that's not going to be... Okay, the other, so... the other search terms were Obama is from where, Obama is from Africa, Obama is from what country, Obama is from outer space. <laughs> Obama's from... <laughs> Obama is from which religion... Or which African oh. country or Kenya video, apparently. So, there you go. Um, okay, so next round, final round. We'll make this the final round. And we'll go with... So, how many questions, How many guesses did you just had then, Tank? Just one. Did you have both um, of yours? Just I one. just had one of mine. Yeah. Okay, so you get another guess and then it's back to Ben. All right. Ooh. How does Google autocomplete this query? Recipe for... Blank. Disaster. Disaster. No, it's going to be a food. Okay. Hmm. What's the most famous food there is? That's what I should guess. Tank, that is incorrect. <laughs> I'll give you a score update. Tank's on two, Ben's on one, and Derek's on one. So Ben, back to point. you. I back say. To you. Oh, do I get two? Do I get two? No, you've you had your two because you did one on Obama as well. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So Ben gets two. I say pizza. Okay, that's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> but is it correct? No, it is incorrect. Oh man. Recipe four? Is that it? Recipe four. Yep. Okay. Yep. You get one more guess. Final guess of the game. 
Oh, recipe four. I need to get this right, right? Because I'm in. I'm behind. You, you, and Derek are both on one. Tanks on two. Casserole. Casserole. Okay. That's a good oh, one. Yeah. Can't you just bad. put anything in a casserole? Like <laughs> that is incorrect. Dang it! What are the okay. what are the answers? Uh, okay, so zucchini bread, chili, meatloaf, apple crisp, stuffed peppers. Um, no bake cookies, lasagna, banana bread, peanut butter cookies, or peach cobbler. I definitely should have said uh, chili and meatloaf, but the other ones like zucchini something. Who's gonna guess that? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that a most searched thing? Okay, so to make it even number of questions, we need two more for Derek and two more for Tank. So Indeed. the final, how does Google autocomplete this query is biography of blank. Oh, Obama. <laughs> we've got obama on the brain here today okay biography of obama is incorrect one more guess eric hmm let's go with gandhi i am spelling all of these correctly by the way just in case you're wondering how do you know that, that? is also incorrect nah. tank you win two to one Woo. for everyone but i'll give you two more guesses just because this is a fun game yeah biography of <laughs> biography of who Biography of Oh, these are good. I'm looking up the real uh, answers and they're really good. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I just want to take my win before I embarrass myself. <laughs> it's, all, it's all right. You can't lose your points. It's not like the other game we played where, you know, someone else can pip you at the post. You you you've won fair and square. Hmm. Just guess. Um George Bush. That's not a bad guess. Okay, and biography of George Bush is incorrect. Okay, it was Donald Trump, Pope Francis, Abraham Lincoln, Steve Jobs, Walt Disney, Edgar Allan Poe, oh, Barack so Obama. Uh, Wait, I, I said Obama. He did yes, say Obama. Yes, but you said Obama. It needs to be Barack Obama. Oh, that's, that's the search that's term. That's crap. <laughs> John Steinbeck and Ben Carson. That ends the round. That's That was our three incorrect guesses for that particular query, so we'll leave it there. Beautiful. So Tank wins again? Yeah, indeed. Okay, Tank, you can intro the final topic. All right, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) All right. Time for Theology from the Headlines. So, Tank, since you won the game, we'll let you intro this segment. Great. Well, this week we're going to be talking about morality and video games. We found two articles. The first one is, the first one and the one that brought the inspiration for it was, I just said yes to all the drugs in Fallout 4. The second one is, why real world morals have no place in video games. So the inspiration article, what it talks about is, if you've ever heard of Fallout 4, it's one of those games that lets you make morality choices. You go through the game. I played Fallout 3, and so from that experience, there's a nuclear bomb in a city, and you can blow it up for money if you want, or you can let everybody live. Can you choose to repent and trust Jesus Christ? You can't choose to do that. Oh, okay. Well, darn. Discrimination! But there's a lot of, it just tries to give you all these moral choices to make you feel like you're in the game deeper. 
And one of the things that's been in all the Fallout games are drugs. And these drugs give you special powers, like they slow down time or make you stronger, make you tougher, and all these different things. But you can get addicted to them, and if you don't do them regularly, once you're addicted to them, then you take you you hurt. I don't. I can't. You take stat uh, negatives. Stat hits. Hits on your stat stats. Hits, yeah. So all these things. Well, this guy he decided to leave the vault, which Fallout always starts with. You're in a nuclear vault, and you leave in a post-apocalyptic world. And in his brain. He had become a druggie, and his goal was to leave the vault and do all the drugs that he possibly could. And one of the things he said during this, he says, Experimenting with the drugs in Fallout 4 mostly taught me that there's no practical reason not to, unless you don't want to roleplay a dirtbag. I've never used them in previous Fallout games, and now that I think about it, the only reason I didn't is about some vague notion that drugs are bad. When I play games and deep role-playing games like Fallout specifically, I like being the ultimate good guy, and getting drunk and high all the time just didn't seem to me like a, something a hero would do. Okay, so, so what do you all think in a role-playing game where you are becoming this character in a sense and being forced to make these good or bad choices? Uh, do, you think, do you think it matters what decisions you make in those games? Well, I will t- I will say one thing. Um, have you guys played any of the Telltale games, like Walking not. Dead and The Wolf Among Us and those those kinds of games? Well, those they're basically uh, choose pick your own like uh, choose your own adventure <laughs> type games. Um, <laughs> basically, movies that you play as a video game, and um, they really, especially the Walking Dead games, really emphasize morality and that and the choices that you make stick with you throughout the entire game. And even, you know, through the, like, they come out in episodes, so, like, those choices, it's like Mass Effect in that, like, your choices change the, the, how your characters perceive, not to the extent of Mass Effect, but, uh, you know. So, I played through the first Walking Dead game um, a couple of times, each taking uh, different picks of different paths of morality normally i try to be the good guy just because i I can't quite bring myself to be the bad guy unless i'm like intentionally being the bad guy (laughs) um and then the second time i went through i went through to try to be the most despicable person i could possibly be just to see what would happen and man you just feel like a terrible person after doing that or at least i do um it's it's just a thing that maybe maybe that's just me, but I I feel just like a terrible human being when I when I pick the deplorable choices in a video game. I can relate somewhat to this from playing Infamous on uh, PS3. Uh, played both Infamous and Infamous Two, and it's like it's one of the moral choice games where you can be either like really good blue guy or really bad red guy. You know, I guess those are sort of the universal colors for good and bad anyway uh and it totally changes your powers and all that stuff um and the good guy has like way better precision and accuracy and the bad guy has like way bigger explosions so it's kind of like they're tempting you to go bad the whole time right (laughs) um and i've done both i don't remember i think i did the good guy first um but out of curiosity i had to check out what the bad guy uh did and you, you like to do that I think in that game, there really are just missions and you have um, 
big like decision points that make you go way more bad than good. But also you can do little things throughout the game like kill pedestrians, which helps make you bad, but it doesn't help make you like bad as quickly as if you go on the mission routes, you know? So mm-hmm. to kill pedestrians, you really don't get anything out of it except for some sick pleasure. Uh, but it is, it is available um, to do in the game. So why do you think you feel bad, Derek? Do you uh, think that is a reasonable response and that everyone should feel bad? Or do you think it's just you? Well, that's the thing. See, it is it is it actually... It's not actually doing something immoral in real life because you're not affecting the real world. It's a It's a video game. Except we are inherently moral creatures. We have God's law written on our hearts. So... Even doing, if the world is convincing enough inside a video game, generally you'll want to have the reaction that this that this other guy did with, you know, I, I just never did drugs in the other Fallout games because it just seemed bad. It's, it's our tendency um, to respect the law of God. So, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting topic. I don't know if the uh, action or the outcome determines the morality in every situation. Like, I think a lot of times what determines um, whether it's moral or not, whatever the action is, is the motive uh, or the attitude of the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And that seems to be like what Jesus says, too, when he says you've committed adultery if you lust after someone or like you've committed murder if you hate your brother. You know, that's like a heart attitude, not an outward action. Um, so I guess my question would be to the guy who took all the drugs in Fallout 4, why did he do that? Like, why did he want to take all the drugs? I don't know. I'm not saying it was moral or immoral since it was in a video game, like you said, Derek. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't know what motivated him to want to do that. At at least for me, when it comes to uh, testing the morality of different video games is mostly curiosity to see what, what would happen. Um, yeah, that's that was how it was for me in the Infamous games too, for sure. And and it's not like it's not like the purpose in in doing that is something aside from um well, I don't know. I guess you could make the argument that it's not glorifying to God by doing those things, but I don't I don't know. It it is a it's a very strange very strange question. Well, I feel like there Whenever. also are different things you can do in the games too, right? Like I was talking about killing pedestrians, but you can also steal stuff. Like Grand Theft Auto is built around stealing cars, mm-hmm. and that's just as immoral in the in the real world. Well, I don't know about just as, but we would say it's immoral, and I don't want to get into like degrees of sin or whatever. <laughs> um, this is not really the topic. But uh, anyway, you can also, and this is where I was going, in Grand Theft Auto, lately there have been very graphic um scenes with like prostitutes and things like in like sexual immorality in the games too and i'm sure there are others too i just know that one for sure has it um so i don't know i would kind of consider that just like watching porn if not worse cuz you're actually mm-hmm. engaging and interacting with it and so i would say that is that would be immoral um maybe unlike killing a pedestrian might be cuz it's virtual i don't know hard i don't know if there's a distinction there I don't think there is, and that's one of the... Are we talking about both articles or only one at this stage? Just the first one. Which one's the first one? That particular one? The chem... The Fallout, Fallout one. one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay, because, I mean, what you just mentioned is pretty much what the other article is about, Ben. Um, Why real-world morals have no place in video games is the second one, and it's from IGN. 
which is a video game site, if anyone doesn't know. And so what he's saying is that um, there's a mis- he says um, there's a misapplication of logic and morality. So he's saying that when people who don't like video games or who, who, are, who are decrying video games and saying that they're immoral um, are making those statements, they're making them because they're applying the logic of the real world to the logic of the game world and, and saying, or to sorry, to the context of the game world and saying, because it's immoral in real life, therefore it must also be immoral in the game. And what he's, what the author of the article is saying is no, because um, if there's a, a particular goal that you are trying to achieve in the game and, and the immoral act is just part of achieving the goal, then what you're really doing is just solving a problem or, um, exploring the system of the game world in order to get from A to B or to progress through the game to the next stage or just to see what happens when you do X, Y, Z. Um, but when he talks about uh, a misapplication of logic and morality and saying that his dad came in and saw him beating some, uh, someone up in a game and said that was wrong and he was saying, well, no, it's not because it's just part of the game. Um, I think there's a, there's an assumption there that morality only applies to the perceivable reality that we find ourselves in. Um, And I don't think that that is true. And I think what you have just picked up on, Ben, um, because we've talked before about the fact that we're made in the image of God um, and we have the ability to understand right from wrong. And so if we know something's wrong and we're engaging in that thing virtually because we, we are putting a barrier and saying, well, it's inside a computer, it's, it's on a computer screen and therefore um, it's not really wrong. It's just the image of something wrong. Um, what you just, the example you just gave of scenes with prostitutes and, and stuff in brothels or whatever it is on Grand, Grand Theft Auto, and I haven't played it, so I can't speak super specifically, but those kinds of things, if they are wrong because it's sexual immorality and it would be sort of glorifying sexual immorality, immorality or even seeing it take place or whatever it is. I would say it's participating in it, but sure, Pers- go ahead. Participating mm-hmm. in it, yeah. So if, if that's the case, then that is morally wrong for even for the, the gamer, not just for the character within the game. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I would say yeah. with sexual immorality in video games, absolutely, it is just as immoral as watching pornography, for example. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it might even be, and again, I really don't want to get distracted by degrees of sin, but it might even be as uh, immoral as engaging in the act physically. Um, because I don't see a distinction in terms of, you know, John Piper talks about watching, um, graphic violence in movies versus watching graphic sex in movies and how the sexual act is real. Someone is actually feeling those feelings and you're watching it. Whereas, whereas the murder is not real. That's, that is, uh, being illustrated for effect to communicate whatever the movie's about. Um, so Saving Private Ryan is totally different from um, Fifty Shades of Grey, for example. Yes. However, and I agree with his what he's saying there. However, I think um, the difference with video games is it's not always just you're observing a death. The difference with television is you're you're not in the world. You're observing what's happening in the world. True. And it can it can be an immersive film or or movie or whatever you want to call it or TV series. But um, the fact is there isn't an, an and a whole nother level of separation. Whereas right. with, with gaming, you are, albeit virtually, you are stepping into You're engaged, the world sure. And participating in the act. And so I would yeah. say even the violence, even the violence that is um, damaging another, you know, what is made to look like an image of God um, is wrong. Now, that article also talks about in Mario, we've all gone along and bopped on the head of 
the little wiggly guys and got coins out of them. Um, and we don't see anything wrong with that because that, that's just part of what you need to do to get enough coins to pass the level or whatever. All right, so that's different because those wiggly guys don't exist. They're not made in the image of God. They're not resembling reality at all. What about aliens? Think, what about humanoid aliens? Would you draw a line there? Uh, I think if they're not real, I have less of a moral issue with it. You mean um, if they're also, not human? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, I don't believe in aliens as well, but uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I'm not. So I'm I don't gonna, either. So I'm, I'm going to say they're not that, real. <laughs> um, that doesn't matter. The point was because your 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 distinction is image of God, and we would yeah. say humans are the only creatures created in the image of God. And so it sounds like I'm just asking if this is true or not for the sake of my own understanding. Sure. Sounds like what you're saying is if it's a human in the game, what virtual or not, and you've killed it, you've damaged the image of God in a virtual sense. Yeah, and that's so your I think, issue. I think that I have two issues. That's okay. one issue. One sure. issue is image of God, and that is primary because, as we all know, image of God is top of the food chain in terms of importance, um, sure. in terms of creatures on this earth. Uh, the other thing, the other um, one of the examples he gives is if if there's a farming game where the object of the game is to grow a farm and get crops and make a profit, for example, and the person playing the farming game is going and slaughtering all their animals in really inhumane ways just for the fun of seeing what happens or just for the fun of engaging in in violence towards animals. That is also concerning. And even the guy who writes this article says that would be a problem because he recognizes that the person who is doing that, there's no reason for them in that game system to do that. It's not part of the game at all. Um, And so that's where I kind of would go, all right, it's not image of God. Chickens are not made in the image of God or cows are not made in the image of God. And so I think it's okay for us to kill them for food and all that kind of thing. But I also um, yeah, I also think that would be another distinction, and that comes back to the heart attitude of, um, you know, what is what is the reason that you're engaging in that? Um, yeah, if that is, you know, it's That's clearly not part of the game. Earlier, so yeah, let exactly. me ask you this, Craig: Would you say um, of video games that anything that is immoral in the real world is immoral in the virtual world? Would you say that? Um, Are you saying everything that is wrong in the real yeah. world is wrong in the yeah, real, yeah. It, yeah. world? If I engage in something that is sin in physically in the real world myself, and I engage in that same thing in um, a video game, are they both sin or are they both immoral? I would, I would say personally, and this is a personal conviction, and I think it's good to discuss it because it's. I'm not a, a full time gamer um, at all. <laughs> Me neither. Especially. I don't. I hardly play anymore. I don't have time. But yeah, keep going. I, I played a lot when I was like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, but not for quite a long time. Um, and so I think, and and more so like other games, not so much RPGs. But um, I yeah, I would tend to agree with that statement. I would say that if it's if you see it as immoral in the real world. Um, then it's probably, and this is a hard thing. I was talking to my wife about this this morning and and I I use the example of Goldeneye. So I used to play Nintendo 64 Goldeneye with friends. Um, And and obviously there you are shooting what look like people. Right. Um, So that would be going against my image of God thing. Um, And so that's where uh, I guess the difficulty comes because you're, the whole purpose, I guess, of that type of game is to have a little bit of the adrenaline that comes from, being both the hunter yeah. and the hunted at the same time, and you can't get that in real life with the same stakes mm-hmm. um, without it being super painful and ending in death. <laughs> so it's a way <laughs> right. of experiencing a, a level of that adrenaline without having 
the actual repercussions of that situation. Well, in that ga- um, in that case, it's more of a game of tag rather than like you're not going around trying. Ha ha! I'm killing people. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so the blood dripping down the screen could easily just be someone's lights going off, like they do in laser tag, and no one's right. injured, and we all go back to the start and play again. Precisely. Um, and so, f- so for that reason, I think that is clearly mock up violence. That's not actually. And so I wouldn't, you know, I I would not be so harsh as to say that you can't play a game like that because it's destroying the image of God and all that kind of thing, because I'd say it's it's clear that it's not real. This guy ha- seems to have a problem, though, in saying... He actually goes so far as to say um, there is no such thing as a game that, that really is linked to reality. Um, and so I kind of think... When I read that, I was like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> like, I don't actually agree with that statement that there's no... That every game is, is separated from reality and has its own... Um, internal morality and internal logic system. I think that's that's a false statement that he was trying to use to say in some of these games it's okay to do these things. It's not immoral because they're set apart on their own. Um, so what he says is, every game has its own internal logic set for, separate from the real world that governs the play, informs your decisions, and dictates what's acceptable within that system. Part of the magic of exploring of games is exploring the logic and learning to work with it. Um, and so then what he says is he wants to see what, you know, what happens when you test the system, but clearly that's not, there's two things there. Clearly that's not the only reason people kill people in games. People don't just kill people because they're testing it and seeing what the outcome is. People kill people because they want to, or they have opportunity to, or it's part of the game itself. Yeah. Um, Let me, let me say one more thing about that before we move on. In this article, one of the things he builds his entire argument on is the following two sentences. Moral rules, such as, quote, don't beat people to death on the street, are a direct product of a logical system. For example, in the real world, we recognize there are logical reasons to reject brutality. I think we as Christians have to completely disagree with those two sentences. Yeah. There yeah. We Morality start... is not the result of logic. Morality is the result of God's law. There we start that is... drifting into the area of pragmatism, where you're just doing something because practically... It doesn't hurt anything, or it does hurt thing hurt something, so you don't do it, or or it doesn't advantage you, so it it you know you don't do it, or something like that. Yeah, he's saying I'm not going to speed on the highway because I might get a speeding ticket. Right. That's not what makes it wrong. Right. Yeah, that's right. The you, punishment. You can is totally not, not speed on the highway so you don't get a speeding ticket, but that's not what makes it right or wrong at mm-hmm. all. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's using the word morality correctly if that's what uh, we're talking about. Anyway, quick that was a quick aside. All the points are still very interesting for us to talk about whether or not the things we engage in, in in virtual games are moral or not. And I would love to hear the reformed gamers respond to this at some point. I was I'm say, sure we should have, have had some... them on. Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I was just thinking it. we should have had totally had them on for this, but um cuz I'm sure they've thought about this quite a bit and would have things to say. I'll definitely um, send this to them. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the other things is is that, like, we, I mean, talking about the differences in reality, so there's games like Mario where it is clearly not real, and same with GoldenEye where it's it's obviously um, fake. Uh, maybe that's partly with, with GoldenEye because of the dating of the graphics and stuff these days, but um, clearly some of the games are made to feel as real as they possibly can. They spend a lot of time and money making these games feel that real. And so if they're doing that, then I think it's naive or perhaps even misleading to argue that they're not at all real and they're totally false situations and therefore they have their own inherent morality. I think that's taking, it's drawing a very long bow to say that just because 
um, they're a game, therefore it's totally separate from, from reality. Um, the other thing to say is that obviously, like I mentioned, adrenaline and stuff like that. Sometimes with gaming, you're playing gaming for pleasure, right? Like you're playing gaming, you're playing a game because you enjoy that um, and what what sort of feelings you get from that or, or mental stimulation or whatever. So I guess my question for for an avid gamer who says, yeah, morality in gaming is totally separate from the real world, is um, if if engaging in immoral acts, in what would be immoral acts in the real world in a game um, is what is part of what gives you the, the kick out of it and the enjoyment out of the game, then uh, is that not, does that not end up becoming a little bit like a drug where you, have, you, you need to either, either play the game constantly to keep getting the kick or you struggle to um, confine that, that kick and that feeling to the game system and start to allow the game to overflow. And that's where you see mm-hmm. people like the Columbine, was it the Columbine guys who kind of said, like they found out they'd been playing really violent video games and stuff, and of course you can't blame the you can't blame the game for the shooting, but at the same time it could have a contributing factor if people get more and more desensitized and feel like they need a greater and greater kick of violence in order to get their fix. Then then that's obviously has mm-hmm. ramifications in the real world. I like I like that a lot. Um, as far as what what why if you if what you're doing it if experiencing those immoral acts is why you're doing it because i didn't think of a lot of games i play like i'm playing a war game right now where it's it's all strategy and you're killing soldiers basically but i'm not at all doing it because i enjoy the experience of soldiers dying in fact at one point exactly in the game it was kind of silly because it was this guy's first experience in a battle ever and he kills like five people and he doesn't have this reaction like oh my gosh i just killed five people like i expected that in the game because he he was a college nature person and he kills five people and he's just like yay we drove him out woohoo and so it doesn't play any on the killing it's like they're not even dead because this guy wasn't even affected by it like that's not their point at all and so i really enjoy that game because it's strategy and it makes me think hard and try and figure out how to win um i think the games that especially the ones like fallout that you're not just kind of following a preset storyline it's saying become your own person and make these decisions um and if some people will make those decisions because they want to experience what does it feel like to be bad and i think that's where it gets a little shaky um and like derek said and like i've experienced um whenever you do those things you actually feel bad uh, so for the example that I brought up, Fallout 3, where you can explode the bomb for money, well, I needed the money, <laughs> so I exploded the bomb, and I legitimately <laughs> felt like a dirtbag. And I would say, like, in that sense, I felt the weight of the decision, and so for me, it became a moral choice. Right? If I feel the weight of whether or not this was wrong or right, I think in that moment, it becomes an actual moral choice. Whereas if you never actually feel the weight um i would say it's not actually a moral choice and i would also say that some people can go so far like derek said where you stop feeling the weight because you're doing it for sadistic reasons and there i would say that it still was wrong so i don't know you can't just go on feeling alone i guess but go ahead well i was was just gonna add um 
I that's all great. I was just going to add that you know James talks about our conscience being involved in um, at a moral level as well, and so there are uh, situations in which the four of us, for example, could engage in the exact same activity, and for two of us it could be sin, and two of us it could not be sin, and that comes down to a matter of the conscience, and that seems to be what James is talking about. This may be one of those areas too, and we definitely would want to leave room for that where. Um, you know, I could be playing a video game, uh, the same video game as you, and for me it's a sin, and for you maybe it's not. Um, that is possible. I think it's probably not quite a common thing, but it's definitely possible um, that we should leave room for conscience of, of individuals as well. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think conscience has a big, I mean, we're all libertarians, right? Like, we're in, in terms of, like, we, is that true? I don't in know what situation? that means. What do you mean? No, in that, like, as in, in we don't think there's, I guess I'll define that. We don't think the Bible speaks directly on whether or not you should or shouldn't play video games, and therefore it's up yeah. to each person to determine sure. what, Christian what liberty. is. Sure. Yeah, it's a Christian liberty, sorry, is probably how I should have said it. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's true. You know, it is a conscience thing in a lot of ways. Um, I think part of part of the issue here is that it's just whether or not you are seeing games as totally separated from reality or not. And I don't think, I don't think it's possible. Like I personally can't see them as totally separated from reality because even if the game isn't made to look like reality, um, often the goals of the game are still goals that we have in life as, um, human beings and sometimes as sinful human beings. So, um, Ben, you were talking about before, the reason for something being immoral isn't because of the punishment that comes with it. Um, it's immoral anyway. The punishment is just an outworking of what, what happens in society. Um, but it, what what he says in the article is there's real ramifications that don't do not exist in the video games. It should be easy for us as gamers to see this since the concepts and goals of our society are pretty different from those of any game. Uh, really? So greed, I would argue, is something that factors pretty heavily. Um, and uh, progression, like self-progression, getting to the top level, all those kinds of things in, in games are the ultimate objective. You know, you're trying to win, you're trying to get um, to the top level, you're trying to beat everyone else, you're trying to be more powerful than everyone else or whatever whatever it is. Um, those are all th- emotions or motivations that can carry across to the real world. So whether or not the game is realistic in terms of looking like people or looking like aliens, um, the the emotional attachment to the goal and the motivation behind that and the heart attitude to that can be very real regardless. Does that make sense? Yeah? No? People are nodding but not saying yes. Ben's chewing. (laughs) Well, Ben's just chewing on like a bobby pin that he found on the floor or something. Um, And so I kind of keep coming back to uh, Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Um, And... And then obviously, like it talks in Proverbs about um, keep your heart with all vigilance or, or guard your heart. I think some translations say um, for from it flow the springs of life. So I just kind of feel like if there's, yeah, if there's, if we are playing games that have some link to reality, then we need to be aware of where that link is and what what power it seems to have over our heart attitude, if that makes sense. Whether what we're doing in the game is affecting uh, our emotions or the the way that we our motivation for for participating in it I would hate for the things we do in video games to desensitize us to the things that occur in reality. you know mm-hmm. statistics say that um by age eighteen in our society, 
we've witnessed uh, more than 80,000 deaths in movies, TV shows, and video games. Whether virtual or not, we're witnessing violence at that extreme level now. Um, and it would be hard to argue, I think, that that doesn't have some effect on us in the real world as well. I agree. After all that being said, um, I think it would be good to point out that uh, we talked a lot about is this right, is this not, and it's definitely good to always check kind of, um, I guess, our holiness or purity that we don't want to, as you said, be introducing ourselves to things that are impure, uh, that instead we should think on things that are are pure and good. Um, But it's also always good to point out as well that we don't want to just become people who focus on what's sin, what isn't, are we sinning, are we being good enough, all that stuff that we um, really want to be maximalists, as John Viber says, one, said one time that I heard that our goal should be to what brings God the most glory and how are we spending our time in the best way to experience God and point others to knowing him more fully and bringing him more glory. And so as we have this really interesting conversation in my head that, um, and it's it's viable because I play video games and we all play video games, I definitely just want to uh, make sure that we uh, still are pointing to Jesus and realizing that the moral choices, the right and wrong, aren't the most important, but uh, following Jesus is in that. Um, that is through him that we're saved and that um, the times that we make the wrong moral choices, that his, his blood was enough for all of those. I just wanted to, just wanted to point that out uh, before we got off. All right, let's move into Recos. Derek. Yes. Am I the only one? I don't have one. Apparently. Uh, um, Recos some. So I've been listening through uh, the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson again on audiobook. It Ooh. is such a good series. Uh, the Mistborn, you have the Mistborn trilogy first off. And then, and then uh, Brandon Sanderson is writing like a sequel trilogy as well which has also been good so far from what I've heard. But this is an amazing universe to just lose yourself in. Um, the the way, um, like, the different magical things work together and completely make sense with the theology of the universe is just amazing and astounding to me. Mm. And I love this series. I highly recommend it. What book are you on? I am, well, I've listened through all three of the first trilogy. I've listened to the first nice. first one to the second one, and I just bought the second one of the second trilogy yesterday on Audible because Audible had a sale on it for four ninety five. Thank you, Audible. <laughs> um, nice. So I'm just listening through it again because it's, this is probably the like the fourth time I've listened through it. They're like 24-hour wow. books each, which... Takes you a while, but it's delightful. I love it. Sanderson is both mine and one of is my favorite fantasy author right now, and it's becoming my wife's favorite fantasy. Oh, really? Author. We've read all sorts of. I've read awesome, probably ten different books at least by Sanderson. I want to. I want to get started. I'm going to get started on Steelheart here soon. Yeah, we read that one together. Actually, that's <laughs> like cool. We'll, we'll sit at the same time and read Steelheart. It's great. Cool. So, yeah. 
Glad there's another Sanderson fan. Yeah, uh, uh, that's awesome. Fun fact: uh, he teaches at BYU sometime, and my I think those Mormon that Mormon couple I mentioned have taken his college writing class, or at least they know people who have. So that's, so cool. <laughs> that's but, so cool. But um, yeah, so my reco, uh, just in case, for some reason I feel like people remember Black Friday, but they always forget about Cyber Monday. So I just wanted to reco Cyber Monday. There's still deals; they'll all be online. If you didn't know about it, remember to look for things online, um, or if you had forgotten. Particularly on Amazon. Hmm. They'll have deals, a lot of deals. I feel like they've kind of made it a weekend now, <laughs> instead of just separating Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Yeah, I have seen that. We were at Barnes & Noble today, and they said three-day sale. <laughs> or four-day. All right, if you would like to connect with us, you can do so by jumping in our Slack channel. And the way to do that, I feel like this is still unclear to some people, probably is go to slack.techreformation.com. It's a website, web address. Jump there in your browser, fill out the form, click join. It'll email you a, uh, a how to sign up thing. And then you're going to go to techreformation.slack.com and you'll log in after you create your login and stuff and you jump in. It's all free and we're there 24-7 to answer any questions you have. That's not true. I love that those two domains are similar, so it's just even more confusing. Super confusing. (laughs) It starts at slack.techreformation.com. If you have questions about it, you can email us. (laughs) The journey begins at slack.techreformation.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Tech Reformation. And you can look up our Facebook page and like that and share that with all your friends. Share it with all of your friends. Spam your wonderful friends with, with... like requests on our talk. no don't do that don't make your friends hate us we really do uh get a lot of new listeners from shares though like i just posted yeah. it on my page and a bunch of my friends who i did not even think would be interested have been listening every week faithfully and i'm really thankful for that yeah so please do that um and also we're going to try and be posting a little bit more on facebook during the week so try and uh, check it out every couple of days for some news articles and stuff to be um, sharing it with your friends as well through there and also, you can check out our website, uh, which is techreformation.com. Just one thing to say about that really quickly. We are now tagging our episodes. So if you want to go back and listen to a past episode or you want to point someone to a past episode and you can't remember which one it was, um, there are now tags that you can help you filter through. So techreformation.com. And lastly, you can email us at ask at techreformation.com questions feedback comments whatever and that will actually work now if you've tried to email us before and it hasn't gone through and you've gotten a like a weird subnet like reply saying this email does not work um it it does work now i just discovered that was a problem so just further evidence that technology is hard and there's a reason we exist yes Uh, the podcast, not us as people. We obviously exist to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Yes. Or by enjoying Him forever if you're a Piper fan. <laughs> Anywho, if you've been listening for a while and you like the show, please uh, review us on iTunes. It really does help uh, get us out there into uh, the new noteworthy section and people find us and they read nice words about us and see lots of stars and they are like, hey, what's this about? I'll check it out. And recommend us on Overcast if you use Overcast. Because um, there is a religion and spirituality section there that I think actually popped up again this week. Um, Rob Bell is and still on And somebody there. found us because of it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, a couple people found us because of that. 
um, which is super cool. So keep recommending us on on Overcast and recommend your other favorite uh, Christianity podcasts as well so that section stays up there because you need a minimum of six podcasts that have enough recommendations for that section to be there. So, you know, hit up your Reformed Gamers, your Calvinist Batman, um, those those types of podcasts and uh, give, them a, give them some recommendations as well. All right. Another one under the belt, guys. I think this is like 16. And I have solved my Rubik's Cube. It took you that long? No, it didn't. I solved it like a half hour ago. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, this has been Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Shall we end there? You got to say, that's the end of theology from the headlines. Okay. And that's the end. And I guess we can end with... Ah, hang on. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I made you do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do it. it. It feels weird with me saying that's the end. Because like I said this, and, and that was so good. We're closing with it. <laughs> that's the end of theology that's... from the headlines. <laughs> that there was you go. Awesome. That's, what, that's it. Ryan out. Mic drop. Ryan out. Mic drop. <laughs> or tank out.